Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 246. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Good evening. So it's been a, it's been a, a, a minute since we've been uh, all three of us together. How was your week, guys? Treg, go ahead. Uh, busy. <clears throat> a month and a half away from... Uh moving away well my ilp course which is in montreal for three weeks and then moving away so i'm getting windows put on the house a roof put on the house a deck put on the house and uh so i'm trying to get everything done before i go and it's been busy 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 but i do have a condo in the east ottawa down in the market so it's uh looks like it's going to be an okay time party at treg's place absolutely mm. <laughs> Probably not, but okay. <laughs> what about you, Matt? You, uh, you're all set for your deployment? No, yeah, I'm still taking stuff off the list. I've still got uh, four more courses to take and, uh, you know, interviews and appointments and everything, get everything ticked off the list. And then it's looking about 95% sure that I'll be deploying in May for probably six, seven months. Good times. Yeah, back to work on my tan in the desert. Yeah, hanging up on the beach where there's no water. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> wearing his jeans and his no shirt, playing volleyball with the dog tags hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I feel the need, the need for speed. You know it's going to be nuts when that movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I'll have six months of working out to work on that, uh, to work on that scene when I recreate it later on this year. Val Kilmer scene? Uh, any, any scene, any scene that I'm going to be playing volleyball or football in jeans. <laughs> you guys going to uh, make up little nicknames for each other? Or are you going to be uh, Sandman or something? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we need this. We need this, Matt. You need this content. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Throw it up on the OnlyFans page. <laughs> yeah, and I started my ALP, so that's going to be fun. I get to learn all about how public affairs and interviews work in the military. That was That's week one. 
who needs like melatonin or anything when you can just do that course <laughs> my god yeah social there's a whole there's a whole two-hour seminar on social media use we just did an hour ethics thing on with no wrong answers type scenarios oh perfect yeah i'm sure you could find a wrong answer if you tried oh i gave wrong answers the entire time (laughs) that's unethical i know according to who (laughs) you said there was no wrong answers (laughs) Just shoot them all. You can't do that. You said there's no wrong answers. <laughs> like that, uh, that, that extra, that mental exercise where they say you're, you got a train on a tracks and there's a switch. There's one child in front of the tracks here. And then there's 50 people over here. What do you do? Well, I'm going to kill the 50 people because kill the child, why I wouldn't want to kill a baby. Well, it's just a child. It's probably going to grow up to be like Hitler. We don't know. Could be. Could be. Or we don't know. Could be the next Elon Musk. Then again, I'd still kill the child. <laughs> yeah, but then you ha- your body count's not as big. I'd do both. Unless, oh, unless they count all the murders that child does towards you. There you go. See? Then it's a it toss could up. Be ne- could be the next Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh. Ooh. No vegans there. Um, all right. We'll move on to the actual meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, this episode, we're going to cover, we're going to have a little bit of an injury update because there's quite a few things to talk about there. Uh, we can talk, we will talk about the new signing of uh, Jordan Harris. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, athletic interview that uh, GM Kent Hughes gave, and then we'll, we'll go over the last few games uh, and, give our our points of view there so we're going to just start with the injury update so i'm going to just list these off and then i know i know we're going to have a couple of things to talk about here so the injury updates tyler pitlick is day-to-day pizzetta day-to-day uh paling has the upper body injury and he is still on the ir but he was skating with the team today as we record it is the 30th of march um Jeff Petrie is still out. Uh, he's sidelined long-term due to a lower body injury. Uh, so I don't think he's with the team right now. I think he's in Michigan with his family. I think he's um, done for the year. Yeah, probably. Uh, Brendan Gallagher's still out. They think he's day-to-day to week-to-week. They're not too sure. Um, we're going to get a, an update here in the next couple of days. Kyle Clegg is on the injured reserve and he's expected to miss probably another couple of days. Should, yeah, he's, he's on the team. All right. And the big one is Jonathan Drouet hurt his wrist again. And he's seeking a second opinion right now about the wrist. Cause he doesn't want to have surgery on it. Cause that would end a season. And honestly, it's, I mean, you, you, you want to minimize the amount of times you have surgery. But that's true. But at the same time, is you know, this is more like a more of a pride thing. Is he want to come back that he wants to come back for, yeah. or do you want to heal yourself up so you can be better for the next season, or be better <laughs> for the next team that you may play for? I think he's Hold just on, fed man. up. Hold right? on. So you're talking about Jonathan Druin and pride. Half of the <laughs> fan base in Montreal thinks Jonathan Druin faked his injury right from the start when he yeah. went out. 
and then it came out that he re-injured his wrist. Yeah. Um, so now, anyway, Drew went probably, like Blaine said, fed up with all the crap that he got to take because, you know, the guy is on pace for another 50-point season if he played a full season. And he would have had every season in Montreal except one would have been a 50-point season if he played a full season. But everyone thinks he's a big waste of hockey pucks and whatever, but I don't know. It just, it irritates me to no end. They're pissed um, off because the uh, Bergevin traded the, the top defensive prospect to get He's not really a huge defensive player anymore. He's a, he's a second to bottom line pairing in Tampa Bay right now. He's not what everyone thought he was going to be. Looking back at the time of the trade, they saw Romanov as surpassing Sergachev on their depth chart. And that's why they felt they could make that trade. Now, if they wouldn't have made that trade, then you have Sergachev and Romanov. <clears throat> the left side looks a little bit better. Um, but they took a chance. They tried. They br- tried to bring in a talented Francophone player to kind of placate one side and add some offense. I mean, I don't blame Bergevin for trying that, but people use 2020 hindsight all the time to look at this stuff. I, uh, I mean, he's making five million dollars a year for a fifty-point player. To me, that's the money. That's good money for a fifty. Right in the wheelhouse. Player. Uh, the problem was his expectations were way too high coming into Montreal. Everyone thought he'd be the number one center, be a 70, 80 point guy. And that's just not what he is. He's not, uh, he's not that type of player. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was hoping he could hit a set become a 60 to yeah. 70 point guy. I was the same way. Yeah. I thought 70 points. I know Chris Nyland certainly didn't have very much that's good to say about him. And obviously he came back on social media and, uh, put out an apology about because what he, he, what he, he thought said he, everything. he thought he was faking the injury that's yeah. because he, that's what he thought yeah. yeah but credit to chris nyland he came yeah. out mm-hmm. and flat out apologized and said he will not do that to him again yeah. so a lot of people are gonna uh, they, a lot of people just blow up and spout off all the time yeah. and i mean we're all guilty of it chris nyland has done it a few times but he is he stood up and admitted his fault and apologize openly i give him full marks for that yeah it's going to be interesting to see what the decision is going to be with Drew, though if he uh if he is going yeah. to come back or if he is going to uh have the surgery and if he has the surgery how much time he's going to miss what kind of player he's going to be next year because uh really the games that we've seen him back under st louis he hasn't really for me he hasn't really uh turned too many heads and I was, I, I kind of wanted to see that because I, I've, I've looked at all the other players that are under St. Louis and just kind of tried to evaluate them um, and try to take them away from the, how I saw them under Ducharme. And uh, he's just kind of a guy that for me, he was just kind of going through the motions like he was under Ducharme. So we'll see, we'll see what happens though. Maybe he was, maybe he's been dealing with an injury the whole time. I, I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't get hurt and we'd see a lot more of him under St. Louis. Just to see that bump because St. Louis has helped. Basically everybody has improved their play. Uh, It's that new coach bump, but there's also, I think, I think they have a little bit more than just the the new coach bump with him. I think he's, he's coaching individual players right now, as opposed to the systems and all that crap. So I think he could have 
maybe given Drouin a little bit more help too. Yeah, I think you so. Might, you might even see him on the top line instead of Hoffman there the last couple of games. So yes, and that would have been a big difference. I mean, yeah. I I know people don't have a high opinion of Drouin's defensive play, but it's a lot better than Hoffman's, and he's more of a playmaker, which is a much better fit playing with Caulfield and Suzuki. Yeah, because right now you have two shooters in Suzuki. Yeah. Really. And I mean, Caulfield's defensive game is not terrible. Don't get me wrong. Uh, He just doesn't have the size to uh, get back there and use his body to, you know, when they move a guy off the puck or anything like that. Yeah, he has to use his his head, get in, keep himself between the net and the offense, the Mm -hmm. offensive player. And he's been doing that. So he's slowing down and forcing the, uh, the attacking players to take different lanes, which kind of funnels them to other guys. That's, that's all, that's basically his best bet. Uh, any more on Droy? You guys have anything more there? I said, just hopefully he gets back to health. You know, the last two seasons have not been in his favor and I can see why there'd be people that would be um, disappointed in his play. I can see why people would support him when he's healthy. He's a 50 point player when he's not, you look at that 5.5 mil cap hit, you look and see what uh, Sergachev's doing. And then obviously he's a French, he's a French player played in a French market. So, well, let's say a bilingual market, but it's a French market. So you're, you're going to get all that negative press and, you know, two goals this season in 44 games, people are going to see that as a very big negative. And it doesn't matter. Like the guy could have 50 assists. People would still bitch about it. Because he didn't score enough goals. Because he didn't score enough goals, but he set up 50 more. Well, well next year is his final year under contract. So, yeah. so my expectation is this summer they're going to try and trade him. If they can – I know the Canadians were supposedly in on Colin White out of Ottawa. Now, that could be – they take Drew Wayne for that last year. and Could be. Ottawa can flip him at the trade deadline. I think he's going to be worth a little bit at the trade deadline, especially if he's healthy and he's on pace for 50 points for the season. You eat half his cap, you get yourself a a second round pick and a prospect. Or Montreal keeps him and trades him at the deadline next year. For a second round pick and a prospect. Depending depending on where they're at. Yeah. And which I'm expecting they should be out of the play, out of the playoff race. Yeah, I don't see them being right near the playoffs they'll probably be a little bit out and i can see them selling just so they can get rid of some more of these contracts depends on the off season and carry price yeah so back to the injuries we're gonna we're, we're gonna get the price here in a second but evans got hurt in the game against florida last night so it looks like it's his shoulder and not a concussion so that's it's good news bad news it's not a concussion but yeah. his shoulder looks pretty messed up and Price. Price is skating with the team again, and it's looking as though, according to Hughes in his latest interview, that he's getting a lot closer. Yeah, Hughes is expecting Price. He's hoping Price will play this season. Price wants to play this season. Uh, he's been yeah. taking shots. He's been doing his. Uh, he's been doing the things. So uh, I think it's just going to come down to whether Price thinks he's ready to get into game action and. I'd be interested to see if he plays a couple of AHL games because if he's doing that, he's going to have to do it soon. Yeah, yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, I think it's really basically Price trying to figure out if he can still play. He's 
he's someone that has competed hard his entire life. He's at this point now where maybe he needs to actually get into a games and see if he can play at the level that he wants to play before he makes a decision one way or another from there, whether he wants to stay, whether he wants to retire, whether he wants to get traded, you know, he, he needs to get into these games. So if he gets a couple of games in this season, this summer will be a lot more interesting. Now, on to the next step. Uh, Jordan Harris signed with the team on Saturday, as expected. I think they strummed, they strummed up a little bit too much drama about that. I think that it was always his intention to sign with the team. Well. It's just. What he said today. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see him not signing. Well, I mean, under the old management, there might have been a chance he didn't. I, I just didn't see I didn't see him falling under the same criteria, not same criteria, but the same um, kind of pathway as the rest of the players that said, I'm not signing with this team and I want to go here. I want to do this. Yeah. And like what we saw with uh, with 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 VC and with Fox and uh, and, and, uh, and a fella that just went to Arizona. that just got traded McBain, to Arizona. McBain. McBain, right? Like they publicly <clears throat> came out and said it. There was never any of that with with Harris. It just kind of seemed like it was let me let me finish my schooling and let me finish what I'm doing with my team here in Northeastern, and then I'll go from there. And that's exactly what happened. And we saw him at practice today. He uh, had a presser today, and he didn't sound like he had no intentions of not signing. I mean, that could be just him not trying to throw a dig at old management. But I I'm like you, Matt. I never got the feeling that he wasn't going to sign. Uh, I think that was just a lot of drama spun up on social media and from other things because he said he wanted to finish out his university. Uh, Jaden Struble said the same thing. He wants to finish out university, but now I think we're going to get into that later. But uh, He's next, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I I didn't get the feeling he wasn't going to sign. I wouldn't have been shocked if he didn't sign, but when Kent Hughes and them took over, I was like, well, he's for sure signing regardless, so. Well, his coach had always said, like his coach at Northeastern had in every interview, he'd said that the, uh, you know, as far as he knows, the intention for Harris is to finish out his collegiate career and sign with the Canadians. He, yeah. you know, he's, he's proud that he was drafted by them. He wants to sign with them. And not to mention <clears throat> the Canadians were in the best position to give him the ELC and allow him to burn a year. Yeah. So why not? I mean, it's perfect. He's going to get into some NHL games here. I think probably after the Tampa game, I don't see them playing him against Carolina or Tampa Bay. I see them more putting him in when he plays Ottawa. Yeah, I can see that. At home in Montreal. That'll give him a full week of practicing with the team, getting ingratiated with the team. Apparently uh, his first day with the team, Edmondson and I think it was Weidman. Edmondson and Weidman, I think, took him out for lunch. Try, you know, just get to know him a little bit. So that he's going to get himself settled in with the team, and then he'll. I see him getting that that first game in Montreal against Ottawa. Yeah, that that makes more sense. You don't want to put him up against tough opponents right away, and if he doesn't play well, it shoots his confidence to an all time low. But yeah, um, I have a question: Can he? He can't play for Laval, can he? Once the yes, he can. Over. He can. Yeah, he can. Because I thought he had to be on Laval's roster by a certain date. 
but because he was a uh, an NCAA player who signed at the end of their season, that rule doesn't apply to him. Yeah, because that date has passed, correct? So like, oh, yeah, uh, the trade deadline. So Shunovan can't go get sent back down and uh, and and play for them. And you only understand unless, what I'm saying? yeah, only unless they did a paper move where they had him on the Laval roster at the deadline and then brought him back. Did. Which, no, I don't think they did. Because Justin Barron can, because he was with the Colorado Eagles at the deadline. That's right. Therefore, he can, at the end of the season, he can go down and play in the playoffs. For, That's right. For, right, okay. I just want to. Your correction on your uh, on your sushi thing, that was, it wasn't, it was uh, Dvorak, not Weidman. Oh, it was Dvorak? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't 100% sure if it was Weidman or, I, I know for sure Edmondson was the one that instigated that and took him out. Hey, more like, another... yeah. There was another player that went with him. I wasn't hundred percent sure who it was. Why um, Dvorak? It's all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Struble. Struble was in Montreal. There was a little bit of chit chat. Um, even my old man saw him there. My dad was. It's like, oh, I saw Jaden Struble because he, he loves this kid. He thinks he's he's the next big star that's on his way up. That's my dad. Uh oh. Tell him that's not to my read dad. my article. Tell him not to read my next article. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he saw him and apparently came out, uh, Treg, you, you mentioned off air that the news came out that he was at the Bieber show, which kind of, yeah. I, I lose a little bit of respect. It's Justin Bieber. Apparently he chirped the Canadians. Uh, oh, and, and huge. Yeah. Bieber sure chirped the Canadians huge. And then all, I don't know why they didn't start the chance saying three to one, three, two, one, three, two, one. That's, but bunch of Bieber heads they don't probably watch hockey anyway so screw them there's like 12 Bieber sucks. No, actually our friend Jessica was there and she's not 12 so no Bieber sucks I, I, I don't know <laughs> I'm so glad that we won the gold medal at the 2010 Olympic Games because the loser had to keep Justin Bieber so screw you America you got Justin Bieber I don't. I, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to Justin Bieber. So I, I no, because he sucks. Uh, all right, but uh, Struble, hockey side. Um, there's a little bit of back and forth on whether they should sign or not. Uh, if they do sign him, they could sign him to an uh, an ELC starting for next season, and then sign him to an AHL contract so he can play in Laval. That's an amateur tryout, isn't it? A, uh, well, they can sign contract. him to an AHL contract. And they can sign his ELC that doesn't start until next year and then sign him to the AHL contract okay. for this year. That's an option. Yeah. Cause I know there's also the amateur tryout too, that he yeah. can do. Yeah. But if you want him to play through the playoffs and stuff, he, he's going to need a contract. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the best bet. He's had a lot of injuries and he's only had about 70 to 80 games at the NCAA level. I don't think that's enough. He needs more games, but maybe what he needs is a full season as the top guy at Northeastern before he makes the jump. Which is the the spot that Jordan Harris was just playing in. So he would just move up. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has stated he wanted to finish out his college before joining a team, which gives him one more year. So it's North Court, I guess. It's his decision what he wants to do, I, I suppose. I would assume Hughes has a contract waiting for him if he wants to sign it. And if he doesn't, he's cool with that too. Yeah. Speaking I of just, contracts. 
I don't have any issue. I don't have any issue with him staying in uh, Northeastern for another year. You, no, you, you see a guy that is just a uh, incredibly physical defensive defenseman that's got some offensive upside that maybe that game, that part of his game could be a little bit untapped uh, given the extra minutes in Northeastern playing in his senior season, et cetera. Um, it was a guy that turned so many heads at the, uh, at the combine. And that was really the reason that his, uh, his draft stock really skyrocketed and he ended up going in the second round of the Canadians. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, I wouldn't be against the whole, um, bringing him into Laval. However, then you've got to find a place for him next year. And I don't think at this time he's NHL ready. And I, and I do agree with you that uh, given the injuries that he's had throughout his career so far with Northeastern, even though, yes, he's putting out points and he's, he has a lot of highlights when it comes to laying the, laying the body. Um, I think going in, going in for another year and being the top guy there is probably be the, uh, the best bet moving forward for yeah, full uh, season no injuries plays all the games that would really help him i think yeah. and as right now montreal is pretty deep on the left side like already so you gotta find like you said you gotta find a place for him so you know especially with harris now signing and you have uh i mean baron's right side so you don't have to worry about him but you have harris you got you know norlander. Schooneman, norlander although jack eyes on his way up and jack eyes on his way up you got so you know what i mean like where's you got to fit in and there's room right now because laval's got a bunch of uh uh free agent signings and echl call-ups filling their blue line right now so there's room for him there now (laughs) yeah but next year not i don't know if he were to sign he would definitely be in laval yes yes I'm just saying at the NHL side, you have Romanov, Edmondson, Schumann, and oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, your, your clag, I guess you could say. All these guys, they're going to have to trade a couple of these guys or let them go. Not to mention if there are, they're at 48 uh, contracts out of the 50 now that they've signed Jonathan Watt today to his ELC. May, waiting another year gives you a little bit of time to drop a few of the contracts, make some space and you can sign yeah. him. You can sign Mayu. You can, you know, you can fill up your, your, your prospect, not to mention the first round picks that they're picking this year. Maybe they sign them both. Like we don't know. Well, I mean, Shane Wright's one of those guys. You either can take the chance of putting him in right in the NHL, like uh, Lafreniere there in New, New York, or you, you're going to sign him. Reg- him you're going to sign him regardless. And then you're just going to send him down. So yeah. Um, and I don't think it would hurt to have Shane Wright play another year in the in the OHL. Yeah, anyone they pick in the top five is getting a, getting a contract. Yeah, well, that's just it. So there, there's your 49th contract. Yeah. Um, so, well, technically, yes, but because you're going to lose some UFA. There's some guys this year, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm saying you know you wait yeah. another year, it'll give you some time to open up some space there. Right. Um. All right, and. Talking about contracts and opening space, it's the GM's job. And today, uh, Kent Hughes had an interview drop with The Athletic through Arpin Basu. Treg, you read it. Yep. So why don't you give us a couple of the highlights that we can pick apart? So he really went in depth with uh, Logan Mayu 
uh, yeah. and uh, what's going on with him. And they're not too worried. Now, he's done for the year. He's only played 12 games, but his ankle injury has put him out for shoulder. the shoulder. Uh, shoulder and ankles from what I read here. He's getting a surgery in the shoulder, though. Okay. All right, because they talked about an ankle injury. Anyway, uh, so he only got 12 games, nine points in 12 games. They're not worried about his development. They, they think that he's going to come in and, well, they think – as a hockey player, he's going to be a top four NHL defenseman. They have, they yep. have no, but uh, his big thing was his development as a person. So basically what he came out and said, and I'm going to play devil's advocate and play book two sides of this. You can come this out as a PR move saying we are not going to sign him until we're totally happy that he's, you know, remorseful and the victim's happy and the family of the, you know what I mean? Cause he does mention that this affected not just the victim, but her friends and the family and everything. Uh, and they said, so we're not going to sign him to a contract until we know for sure uh, that he's going to improve as a, as a, as a person. And he has uh, Genevieve uh, Paquette, who's uh, been working personally with them, I guess, vice president. Uh, she's a vice president of community engagement. Uh, also, uh, France, Margaret, uh, Belanger, she's been very involved with Logan May and same with Chantel McAbee. So they have three of their top women in the organization, their top three women in the organization, all, uh, working with Mayu with his psych- psychiatrist and psychologist and that. So it's a priority for them. And I think it's a priority because they know the skill this guy has. And I think it's the right move for Hughes to say, Hey, like, yeah, you got all the skill in the world, but you know, if he's going to be an asshole, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're not going to deal with that. We're not going to deal with that. Uh, that, and I, I totally agree with that. I mean, everyone knows my view on Mayu. I think he's uh, going to be a great hockey player. Uh, I'm over and done with what happened. I've moved past it. Um, but I totally agree with what Hughes is doing here, especially when he says we got to make sure the victims and the victim's family and everyone involved is satisfied that he has improved as a person and that that's the key to me in that whole whole situation um do you want me to go on with the other points or you just want to well on mayu i know that there's a lot of people out there that are demanding that the canadians renounce the pick they're not going to do that uh he was picked under the old regime so this gives hughes and gordon a little bit of uh uh an opportunity to give him that chance to prove himself and if he doesn't, don't sign him. And then you get your you get a uh, a compensatory pick in return. So instead of renouncing the pick and getting nothing, you just don't sign him. He becomes a free agent or re-enters the draft. You don't care. And the Canadians get a second round pick to compensate for not signing their first round pick. Yeah. It's it's well, it's a win win for Hughes. Really, what'll happen is he'll end up trading. If, if it doesn't work, because his, his statement, quote unquote, is there's a lot of planning going on, but ultimately to me, he's got to continue to show he's remorseful to work on improving himself. And as long as he's doing that, we can take next steps. If he doesn't do that, there's really nothing left to do. So in other words, if they don't find he's taking the next, and I, I will say from what I read and what I hear, he is doing yeah. everything he needs to do. So again, I think this is him saying, because he also says, uh, uh, 
What I understand right now is he made a terrible decision, has impacted people, not just the girl, but her family, and I'm sure her friends. He needs to be an exemplary human being, societal, silently not an, as an athlete. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor that before we make any formal decision about having a professional relationship with him. So basically he's saying, keeps doing what he's doing. And Genevieve, Genevieve uh, uh, France and Chantel are happy with uh, the way he's progressing. We will, uh, we'll move forward with a professional contract. He'll if not sign next summer, if he meets those requirements, which is probably good because let's think about it. He's only played what? 20 games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he played what in, uh, I think he played 21 games in Sweden and 12 games this year. So in the past two seasons, he's played 30 games, 33 games. So give him another year in the OHL, get him a full season and uh, let him go from there. Uh, even if he does sign a contract, he should stay in the minor, stay in the OHL anyway. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to play as an overager is my expectation. And it's like what you said before. Why waste a uh, why waste a player spot or or uh, uh, when a roster position on a player that a roster position yeah. on a player that you can just sign the next year anyway. Yeah. And uh, and again, if he doesn't improve, if they're not happy with the way his development's going, trade. You're going to get something good for him because the skill set's there. Trade so, him, and if nobody wants to trade for him, you get your second round pick in return for not signing him. So there, yeah. it's. So either someone gives you a first in return for him, or you just wait and get your second. It's really, it's a huge situation. Hughes is not behind the eight ball here. So he can play this, that he can play this hard, but they're playing it right. They're playing it right. They're doing, they're doing everything that they can to give this guy an opportunity, but it really comes down to the player and how much that player is going to demonstrate that. And at the end of the day, They'll make a decision and, you know, as fans, we'll live with that decision. Well, this is Montreal. Let's just. Oh, it's the, if, the, if, the day he signs a contract, the fucking all hell's going to break loose. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you know, bigger than the slap at the Oscars. I'm sure. Eff- effigies will be burned. Chris Rock will be hit. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I think the, the people against it were are a loud minority. Um, to be honest, but they're and, loud and they will be, they're hurt. loud. And I will say this, and it, I think it's because the majority of people who watch the NHL are male and they, uh, and nothing against female. I know there's a lot of females that watch it, but there are, anyway, I'm getting into something deeper than we need to get into on this show, but that that's the way I look at it. And I have no issue with people having an issue with it because I can see why they have an issue with it. I personally moved past it and I just look at the player on the ice. So anyway, going on with this, he also goes into development and how development is going to be like an umbrella. It's not just going to be about uh, developing a player the way they want to develop a player. It's going to be developing a player in ways where they can improve him. So communication with the scouts all over the place at all levels, up and down communication, meaning, uh, Ken Hughes and uh, his team are going to say, this is what we want to see from these players. And the scouts are going to come back and say, well, this player isn't good at this, but he's really good at this and so on and so forth. And then they're going to work under the developing umbrella, development umbrella and say, okay, let's work on 
what we can improve with this guy, these players, and not just say, we want this type of player, develop them into that type of player. So from what I understand from that is they're saying, not everybody develops the same. We're going to find out what helps this person become a better hockey player before we even start developing them. And then that's the path we'll choose for that particular hockey player. That's what I get out of that. I don't know if anyone else got anything out of that. And yeah. mental mental health is going to be a big thing in the development as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, he, he, he states that the, um, the development's going to be a team effort. There's going to be teamwork involved. So Adam Nicholas is going to be mm-hmm. a, a key player in this as the head of the, the director of development. Yeah. Uh, he'll work with, uh, he's going to work with the head coach, Marty St. Louis. He's going to work with uh, Jeff Hull. And apparently he is going to work with the coaches of all the different uh, prospects. So, you know, he's going to go to Shawinigan for, for Jonathan Orois. He'll go to London for Mayu and, He'll work with the player there, talk to the coaches and say, these are the, these are the skill sets of these guys. This is how we're going to build those skill sets. It'll help you. It'll help him. It'll help us. Let's do it. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. I'm uh, I'm liking that he's been on the ice with the players. He's not just, he isn't just the the director. He isn't just sitting, you know, in an office somewhere and over, overlooking everything. He is very much hands-on. And it's very good to see. Like we saw him out there with Justin Barron when he showed up and uh, showed up in Montreal. And yeah, fucking keep doing what you're doing. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's really it's a breath of fresh air to see them taking this uh, this step towards development within their organization, as they do have, you know, quite a few prospects that people are talking about right now. Like it says here, ultimately, however, the goal is to have every different part of a player's development take ownership of his development plan which means getting input from various sources and then making that plan for that individual player available to everyone, creating a more team-based approach to the player development process, as opposed to the one where scouts draft a player and then hand him off to the development team. So in other words, what he's saying is he's, they're going to tell the scouts, this is what we're looking for. Like saying a player that's not drafted yet. You know what I mean? These are the, you know, skating, shooting, you know, transition. This is what we're looking for um scout based on that okay this is what we're scouting on this is what this guy's good at not good at we're going to talk to his coach of like you said Jonathan Waz coach for instance okay Waz a very north south get it to the net type guy how do we make him better at that boom let's all talk together and and work up a plan yeah and part of that working together part he goes into the next step when they finally do draft someone they're going to have the local scout go and check them out. So he mentions Swedish scout, which doesn't matter, like whatever region you're in. So the scout in that region is going to go see these, he's going to get them to go see the prospects in their regions, take notes, see how they're developing. And then they're going to use that to help the development plan progress. So it's, it's a cooperative effort. It's really, um, uh, when you look at leadership plans, the more uh, successful leaders are those that bring everybody in and everyone has that sense of ownership for the outcome. So they feel my part is valued. So the scouts are going to be bought in because their, their input's required 
for the development. You got development coaches, a head coach, everybody's involved in this. So everyone's going to be able to buy in. This is a very, very good um, methodology leadership wise that Hughes and Gorton are bringing in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's how they're developing, which is totally different. Like you said before, the scouts scouted the guy, then their job was done. And it's like, all right, here you go. Here he is. This is the guy. Well, this is what I saw. I don't know why he's not doing it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then went on with his day. And then, uh, so this is going to be good. This is, we're bringing a dinosaur franchise into a modernization of hockey and how uh, you make your hockey team better, uh, which is I'm excited for. Uh, they also talked about the mental health aspect and they're going to have a mental health doctor at the, as part of the team, that's part of the medical team. Um, so I think that's good, especially with, uh, uh, say, Carey Price's issues and uh, Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I'll say Jeff Petrie with his family thing, because that's what I'm going to get to next on this interview. Um, and then he goes on, right? Mental health, they didn't really go into a lot of it. He just said they're going to, it's an important part of many priorities for the Canadians. And they just, they're going to put a mental health doctor on the medical team and make sure he's in there. Full time. Um, full time. Full time. Full yeah. time. Because right now um, there's a part time one. And they mentioned this in several interviews leading up to this latest one where they put a, a heavy emphasis on the mental health and they, now it's come out that they're going to bring someone on full-time. Um, Jeff Petrie, who's injured and I'm pretty sure he's done for the season. That's just my, uh, nothing was said Maybe. in the interview, but Maybe. that's just my, so his wife and three sons are living in Michigan. Uh, they've been there since a little after Christmas. Uh, Petrie's having a terrible year. Um, uh, so Courtney Hughes, Marty St. Louis talked to Petrie and asked him when was the last time he saw his family. Uh, I think they're going to come see him in Florida. And he was like, all right, take the day off. You're going to do your thing and spend time with reconnect. So Martin St. Louis basically said, Hey, get out of here, go see your family. And I believe this was not this Florida trip, but the Last first, first Florida trip that uh, St. Louis, I think it was one of his first game, first time there. Uh, uh, you take the day off. Uh, I just saw an email because he was rehabbing. He's not coming here and maybe his family can come to see him in Montreal. So, um, so it's not St. Louis. Hughes says he's uh, not sure how serious the injury, but he suggested might keep him out the rest of the season. If it did, however, the Canadians would have no problem sending him home to be with his family. Uh, so I mean that's they're looking at him and his family I think I think personally Hughes would like to keep Petrie um, however I think Petrie's very very family orientated like he's very very close with his family and I think Hughes is just going to do what's best he's said it 500 times so he's just going to do what's best for the team and and for Petrie. So it's good that they're having a good relationship with Petrie and saying, Hey, we're here for you. If you're injured, you're out long-term. There's no point in you being with the team. Like go, go see your family that you haven't go seen. Go be with your family, go be with them. And we'll, uh, we'll go on without you. So I think that's the right thing to do. Would the old regime be like that? I don't know. Maybe don't not. Think, maybe, maybe not. I think Bergevin maybe, because I think Bergevin yeah. was very, was a very player or very, he liked his players. I don't know. And if he was Ducharme, a family guy too. I don't know if Ducharme would uh, tell him to do that. And I'm not trying to shit on Ducharme or anything. I just don't know. 
Petrie said it himself. Uh, when St. Louis took over, it's fun to come to the rink again. So I don't think Petrie and Descharmes had a good relationship. And uh, I don't know how that would have been. Um, well, I mean, all, all three of us know what it's like to be separated from our loved ones for long periods of time and how hard that is on us when we're trying to focus on our jobs. So it, yeah. it's no different for a professional hockey player. I know they get paid a lot of money. But at the same time, that's still their family. They're still separated. I can understand why that's weighing on Petrie. I can too. I mean, as as military guys, uh, I mean, I know, Matt, you don't have any kids, but still you don't get to see your family in New Brunswick uh, for long periods of time. And that's tough on a person, especially if you're close to your family. Which is just as hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm going away for a year, so I'm not going to see my family very much. Five weeks vacation is all I get, so... Um, I'm going to have a busy summer, so probably won't get much time in the summer to see them. And it's going to be hard. I have a new grandchild. So I, I feel for Petrie. I feel where he's coming from. And I just think it's good that the organization also feels that. And they're saying, you know, there's more important things in hockey. And that's what you got to. Now, if they were in a playoff run and stuff like that, could be a different story. But he's injured. So, again, what does he need to be around the team for? Really? At the end of the day, you're just hoping for the best outcome for the team and for the player. You don't sure. want to take you don't want to take a loss on him. Um, he's been very consistent over the last few years. So, you know, right around the same amount of goals, right around the same amount of assists. And then last year, he really had a breakout year with uh, 42 points in 55 games. And right from really day one this year, nothing went well for the Canadians. And until Marty St. Louis took over, they yeah, to back up again. But. Yeah, but like right now, you're looking at a team that's back into re into that regrowth phase. Let's just call it that. And Hughes has been very open about Petrie and, and the uh, possibility of moving that player out. And at the end of the day, I hope I hope it uh, honestly I hope it happens. I, I think he'd be I think he'd be better off. Um, on the mental health side, being with his family and everything. Uh, so, if the, so if that means, if that means throwing him, not throwing him, but trade him to Detroit or a, a team that he can be closer to his family, it's, it's the best move. But at the same time, as I said earlier, you don't want to take a loss on a player that uh, has been so consistent for you in your top four for so many seasons. And finally, uh, diversity on the team is the final thing you talked about. Um, yeah, he's yeah. not going to hire anyone just to hire them. He, they want people that fit. That's a, actually an exact quote that he says in here. He says, uh, um, on the other hand, I get the argument that we just want to hire the best, whoever they deem as the most qualified. But I also understand that other component of it is in terms of how we are going to change the dynamics of who are the most qualified is if we should keep doing it this way. Uh, I think we could hire female or minority analytics because there's a lot out there, but they, there aren't a lot of females other than Wickenheiser and Goyette that are on the ice helping guys get better. Now we're not going to do it just for the sake of doing it. That quote from Hughes, it's got to be somebody that can have a meaningful impact, but there's a couple of people that we're speaking to that we think would uh, have that type of impact. And he confirmed that they have spoken to Mary Philippe Poulin. Yeah, but she's uh, still playing uh, about a potential role in the organization. But she's still playing. She want. I know that they offered her a contract to play for the Lions, and she wanted to uh, focus on playing 
in the women's league and she wants to grow the women's league. So I can, yeah. I can see her well, playing a couple more years. See, see, like I, I, I want to jump in this Mary Philip Poulin thing, right? Everybody like Mary Philip Poulin has been around hockey for so long that everybody, yeah. under, like, everyone forgets. She just turned 31. Yeah. Like she's got a this, lot of like, time, right? Up. This isn't, you know, we're not talking about Haley Weckenheiser. She's 47, Matt. <laughs> but that's how people are. That's how people are talking about her. And then, like, she's done some phenomenal things for, for the women's game and for hockey in general. But, like, let her, in my opinion, let her live her fucking life a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, the, I, I think that those jobs are going to be there for her once she decides what she wants to do after hockey. Like, honestly, she's got a good four or five years left yes. in her at, yes. at the top of her game. That's right. She's got another well, Olympics coming. Yeah, up at, at, at the ancient age of 31, she's out there Ooh. just skating past all these, you know, 18 to 20 year olds. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> but she's been playing so long, right? She's got three Olympics under her belt now because yeah. she started when she was 16. Exactly. Well, according to Hughes, yeah. <laughs> uh, is he says she is still playing. Yeah. Oh, that's the problem with Mary Philippe Poulin. She's still playing. Ooh, so, I got it right. So uh, what she said is whatever we do with her, if anything, would be kind of a graduated process. So basically what I think he's looking at now is we're going to hire, if we hire her, it'll be, you play, you play your hockey. And when you're not playing hockey, why don't you get involved with this? Uh, so he Maybe said, user uh, development this summer. Yeah. That's exactly what he says. Like, uh, hey, why don't you come and try this? So we, if, so if you like it, learn a little bit on the development side, if that's what it was, and then see if it's something that you want to pursue at a later point. Yeah, but she has been doing some work with U Sports uh, for the women's yeah. uh, U Sports yeah. program yeah. as a skills and skating coach. So that that side of it is is there. So we'll we'll see. Like, I I would be well. I'd welcome it. I would. Uh, I It'd personally think. I personally think they're they're going to try to reach out and hire the women's coach there for the Olympic team. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Goyette. Her name, her name was brought up for the uh, GM position. You talking about Goyette? Was it Goyette that coached the uh, women's team? The coach of the women's team this year in the Olympics. Uh, starts with an S. French. I thought it was Terry Ryan. Starts with an S. <clears throat> French or she had something to do with the name. I don't know. Anyway, I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> and and, and that, that's pretty much the interview. That, that was the interview. Okay. Well, um, so we, we got all that covered. Now we don't have a ton of time left. We can get, we can talk a little bit about the last couple of games as a, as a, as a whole. So the Canadians played Toronto on Saturday and beat the living snot out of them. Then they played New Jersey the following night, lost in overtime, and then played Florida last night. And I mean, they were down in the hole and they showed that they have a little bit of moxie. They came back in it, but eventually ended up losing. So to the Toronto game first, because when it, it, it's Danielle Savago. Savago? Savago, yeah. Okay. That's okay. Anyway. okay. She'd be a good anyway. fit too. So the Toronto game. Leafs walk into Montreal. Uh, Leafs Twitter is a buzz saying it's an easy win. This is going to be easy. We're going to walk over the 32nd place team. No problem. And as expected, there was no pushback from the Leafs when the Canadians started pushing the pace of the game. 
physically specifically? Well, the Leafs opened the scoring, and then Montreal in the second period just started hitting them and hitting yep. them hard. But the Leafs outshot them 51 to 18, guys. You're not, you're leaving that out. But they were low quality shots when they were in the slot. They were really controllable shots. And most of the the best chances came from outside. I I don't even know how that's an argument to say Toronto played well. But (laughs) although that save by Allen on, uh, on Marner, that's going to, that should be one of the saves of the year. That was a great save. That was a very good save. Do you and see Barner's face after that save? I think the game was 2-2 at the time. So Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, you can say it was a game saver. But uh, I don't know, four goals and 18 shots. One was empty net, but still. Yeah. Uh, Byron with the wicked trip on Matthews. Oh, my Lord. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they didn't talk to player safety after that. Did they call the police? Because that was a murder. Like, Wow. So, I mean, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's a, something Matthews even said wasn't a trip. But uh, Byron turned to get the puck while Matthews was at the blue line. Skating, course, ba- skating backwards. Skating backwards because he was engaged with Armia and happened to hit uh, Byron's skate as he was turning. And if you know you skate, you push your skate out to turn. And that's what he did. And Matthews fell, and then Byron went on a two-on-one, I think, kept the yeah. puck and, and then shot it. And came to almost a complete stop before shooting. Yeah. yeah. And then and, 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 like, what happened to Shalgren on that play? Like, where well, did like did, did his Vesna get in the way when he – I think so. He, I don't uh, know. You know, honestly, I think he tripped over his heart trophy. Gotcha. It, was his, it gotcha. was his rookie of the year trophy. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, no, that's bunting. So he's, it was on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bring Bunting up really quick. Can we stop with this whole fucking tough guy thing for Bunting? What? Who said he's a tough he, guy? He, he thinks like this how he plays, and like we saw it during the winter, d- during the um, during the Buffalo game, the outdoor game, like when uh, when uh, Matthews got hit, and he he tried to start something. Like, can we just stop this whole nonsense? That this I remember was that when is that when Cousins he, laid him out? Yeah, no, we hit we hit Matthews. Yeah, and then yeah. he went after Cousins, and Cousins yeah. laid him out. Yeah, yeah, yes. so, so, yeah. Yes. If we can just stop this whole notion so that he is any sort of tough guy, like if Tory Crew can put you flat on your ass, yeah, then you're not that tough. There you go. Look, <laughs> I, I I get the uh, the hype on Bunting being a, a quality offensive player. Honestly, his numbers are pumped up a little bit because Toronto plays a highly absolutely with suspect game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Matthews and Murder. Yeah, they're always up ice. They're never che- they're never back checking. Yeah. Now, I mean, I know Matthews is supposed to be getting the set of the uh, uh, the Selkie Trophy, but let's be honest. How many times has he played the Canadians this season? And you've seen him at the blue line cough up the puck and watch a Canadian go up the ice and score. That's not a Selkie Trophy player. Hard Trophy winner. Totally. Even, yeah. <laughs> even Toronto fans, and we, even our guys, our Toronto friends at the hockey writers, do believe that Bunting would not be any more than a third line player if it wasn't for him playing with Matthews and and and, and Marner. Look at Zach Hyman. The same thing happened to him. His numbers got inflated because of who he played with, and then and they couldn't the afford him anymore, and they had to. And I, they, I'm not taking anything happen. away from Bunting. He has a 52 or 53 point season right now. He has 20 goals. Um, however, I think uh, more insiders winning the uh, oh, 100%. Trophy. 
No, it, now Bunting will be in the running for oh. the oh. Calder yeah. as a 26-year-old. Yeah. So. Yeah. But back to the on. game in general. That's the rules. That's the rules. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's why I believe I agree with you. Maurice Sider deserves this trophy. He does. Yeah. Yeah, but back to the game in general. Uh, this game was really made possible by the uh, the, the letter play. A and the, the numbers <laughs> three and the number one. But really, it really came up from from Jake Allen, like and how he played. Yeah. He 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 played. Uh, he played fantastic. Uh, you look at a breakdown of uh, period by period. Um, Twelve three for shots for Toronto. Fifteen twelve for Toronto. Then twenty four to three in the third. Well, they did have what four straight power plays in the third period, or was it three? No, three, three straight. Three straight. There was no power plays at all in the game until Toronto was down. Was down two one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but against Years. a team that uh, usually isn't too bad at winning faceoffs, so being Toronto, uh, Montreal when fifty nine percent or Montreal at fifty nine percent in the faceoffs. So we talked yeah. about the hits out, out hit them thirty to eleven, and uh, that was without guys like. Um, Pizzetta really playing very much because they left the game. Um, Pizzetta only played three minutes and he only picked up a hit during that time. And Pitlick only played 44 seconds and he left with an injury. Yeah. So they, the Canadians were down to 10 forwards and three AHL defensemen. Yeah. Well, I mean, really? So, right. So, so good on how them not for how they team? played. And um, for me, their backup goal is. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, but for me, the, the big standout other than, um, other than uh, Allen in that game was Romanov. He really stepped yeah. up, played 27 minutes in that game. And uh, Savard, he's looked a lot better under St. Louis. He, he didn't look, he was starting to look better before he got injured under Ducharme. But I, I think that he's, his game has really started to progress and he's going to be uh, the top four that we've been looking for. Savard in the last three, four games, since he's come back from injury, we've seen it. We're seeing him, um, pinch up in the play a little bit more often it's it used to be under Ducharme he had to stay back he was he wanted him static defensively whereas now under St. Louis he's kind of got the green light to push the play and this this has been with Romanov as well and usually you've got the one guy back and Romanov going forward but we're seeing it a little bit more from both of them which is which is nice to see yeah it's making I think that's making a difference and to the Leaf fans who think they, uh, they just got goalied, it was just a bad game. Well, sorry to say, like Treg said, that was Montreal's backup. And you lost, and your goaltending kind of suspect. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be going into the playoffs feeling too good about this team right now because I don't think Dubas did enough. They just nope. owned Boston, though. They owned them. In one they game. Up, they were up 5-1 in 1-6-4. It's not the playoffs. Remember those years that that's they were only because Boston? they lost. That's only because they lost Labushkin to that Todd Bertuzzi yeah. hit from oh, fucking Taylor Hall. Okay, okay. If he La- wouldn't have La- Bertuzzi La- him, La- Labushkin would have got a hat trick. Matthews would have fifty mm-hmm. goals right now. Is Labushkin a defenseman or a forward? Defense. He's a defenseman. Oh, then He's the they lost the Norris Trophy right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Matthews better look out for Dreisaitl because uh, he may not get that Rocket Richard uh, trophy if if Edmonton keeps playing nine, eight games. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like back to 1980s Edmonton. So 
but uh, I don't know what this 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 obsession with regular season trophies is. They have nothing else. Toronto is a team right now that should be focused solely on one trophy, the cup, the Stanley cup, everything else, president's trophies, individual awards mean absolutely sweet. Fuck all. This is a team that has to win a cup this year or the window's coming to a close. Within the next two years, anyway, two seasons. The Canadians, however, yeah, they, <laughs> they got some work ahead of them. And we saw that in the game against New Jersey where uh, Justin Barron had his first NHL point, And I felt that he looked very comfortable in that first game or uh, in that game against, against Florida. He got his first point against Florida and yeah, he had his first yeah. game first against game, New Jersey. First yeah. game with Montreal, third yeah. NHL game. Yeah. Yeah. And he I looked it was just, really comfortable. I thought he looked like he made minimal mistakes in that game against New Jersey. He had three shots, one hit. Played over 17 or almost 18 minutes, 1755. Uh, I thought he had a very good, solid game. He didn't, uh, like I said, minimal mistakes. Couple to be expected, though. But I thought he played very well. Um, he played he on the second line with Edmondson. With, he was very vocal on the ice with the uh, the forwards. So he'd yeah. pinch up and he'd let the forward know who covered for him, and then he would come back and let him know that he can move yeah. up. So he's kind of marshalling or controlling the ice, which is honestly pretty pretty impressive for a guy in only his third nhl game um i take that new jersey game and if you take a couple goals that montebo let it back i think they win the game but that's just me. Yeah. well i mean the two goals uh, during the regular uh regulation time were from jack hughes and they were jack hughes type goals so well montebo did give jack hughes the puck for the first one so that was really bad <laughs> he basically guys right there he went no i'm gonna give it to this other guy over here i got two guys and a red jersey up the middle here you there go, you go. <laughs> <laughs> ah shit we're not montreal ah, crap <laughs> crap that's why, why he's confused why can't you have the old green ones from the he, 80s and the 90s he, he thought he was at home <laughs> oops gave it to the wrong fucking guy too jack hughes on fire that game Although, I mean, Suzuki had a chance to end it in a shootout and miss the net. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know. Good. I don't know. I, I like how the fact that Montreal, even when they get down, the game's never over. No. I, I, I like it and I hate it because sometimes I just want to go to bed and I can't. So, uh, you know, it makes getting up at five in the morning a lot harder. But uh, And they um, did it again in Florida. They were down 4-1. They, they did. They were down 4-1, came back, made a 4-4. And then wheels kind of fell off after that. Yeah. Yeah, The the, the football game on the beach got to them and they got the the beach tired. (laughs) They couldn't play in the third. It was worth that. It was worth it so that they can get the views from uh, a certain segment of the fan base that likes watching guys play topless on a beach. Why didn't they play the uh, Top Gun soundtrack? They should. You know, other. <laughs> Look. And with just a, and a background picture of Matt coming up. And... <laughs> <laughs> On a bike. I feel yeah. the need. The need for speed. Then he just takes off. <laughs> oh, Matt. You're our goose, Matt. <laughs> 
Why am I the goose? Why am I goose? <laughs> he dies. Because he dies. He's the hero. Everyone likes the guy who dies. If anything, he's Sidewinder. Because Sidewinder lives. And he's nice man. He he's man pretty too. So you know that fits. It fits for Matt. It does. It does. Yeah. I'm going to be Iceman. I'm going to be Iceman when he was in the movie, not Iceman as he is today. <laughs> but isn't Iceman today an admiral? Yeah, but he has that weird face now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look at look at look at new face. look at look at Val Kilmer now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like real life? Yeah. yeah. Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Although in his defense, he had some kind of disease that fucked him he up. He did, so. yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Will, Will Smith's <laughs> probably walking up to me right now. I didn't know that. <laughs> Not my Keep Val yeah. Kilmer out of your mouth. Matt, <laughs> yeah. you keep Val Kilmer out of your mouth. Smack. All that I see, what all I can see in my my head now, whenever I see that Will Smith video replay. Is that meme Batman slapping Robin? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's all I see. Yeah. Let's be honest. Who knew the Oscars were on last night until that happened? Uh, no, I no don't. One. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. if anything, Chris Rock loved it because now he's going to make a fortune. Uh, Jim Carrey said, "If that was me, I'd sue. I'd tell him the next day I'm suing you for two hundred million dollars." <laughs> Man, Chris Rock took that like a fucking champ too. That or Will Smith doesn't have that very. He's not that very strong. One or the other. One or I the mean, other. Because didn't Chris he train Rock to be took Muhammad it? Ali? Chris Rock took it. He was like, "What just happened? <laughs> was that was that a mosquito?" Will Smith has slapped <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just carried on with the fucking show. Beautiful. Anyway. Uh, uh, anyway. Anything else on the games or anything else, really, Matt? Um, personally, I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for Legison to get back in the lineup with uh, guys like guys like Baron and um, and Harris and and now Clegg coming back eventually and everything. Well, I don't well. know. I mean, Legison had a beautiful assist on the Matthews goal. Exactly. Right. I think that he was uh, he was very he struggled mightily, and I know we hadn't played in a while. But um, I don't think he's going to be part of the team moving forward. I feel for the guy, but Montreal needs to look at the players and look look into the look into the players that are going to be with the team moving forward and give them the ice time. I think Legison Legison was just a cap move anyway. He was. They, they, he was. I don't yes. think Montreal took him because they really wanted him for their future. They took him because it gave Edmonton the cap room to take Kulak. That's right. And a guy that they could have on the roster and throw in if they had to. That's right. Right. He's an RFA next season anyway. So I don't probably end up being in UFA. I don't see them. Yeah. I, I don't him. think he's an arbitration or RFA either. So I think it's just either sign him or they don't. That's another one of those contracts that they'll just let walk away so they can yeah. open up space for some of their prospects. Yep. Uh, Treg, anything else? No. Oh, uh, Baron got his first assist. It was a nice little assist in the, yep. in the Florida game. Uh, I really like what I see from Baron. He had a little bit more mistakes in the Florida game than he did in the New Jersey game. But then again, Florida is a much better team than uh, New Jersey is. So um, that they are. But, uh, he had a nice little assist and I thought it was a, I thought it was a good game. Suzuki hit his 50th point. So on the same play, on the same play. Yep. Yeah. So there we go. 
and I didn't put in my rookie. Pitlick, I think, had a point too, but I forgot to put in my. He's now this every time him or Caulfield, I put what they are on their rookies chart. I think he's right behind Caulfield still. So, and before we sign off, I wanted to talk about the Evans injury and the response that the team had. So when Evans went down hard, um, Uyghur was upset that they called the play down because. Florida had a four on two or a four on one or something. Yeah. Well, everyone stopped playing, right? Yeah. And uh, they blew the whistle. Uh, they, they whistled the play dead and Uyghur didn't like that, which I get it. That's fine. But what I think really pissed off Edmondson, who went right after him, was that Uyghur was saying, oh, he's fine. Oh, he's fine. When you're looking back and the guy is writhing in pain. That I think, I think is what pissed off Edmondson. I think so too. And, and, and I know a lot of people are talking about Gallagher and they're talking about Suzuki and everything for the, for the guy that's going to wear the C for this team. And I think Edmondson making a really, a really strong case to possibly wear the C next year. I don't think he's going to get it. I think he's going to be a key leader. But yeah, I honestly yeah. think he is really, he is like, right. I think so too, but he's really stepping up. He, he yeah. really is. And um, he's, he's getting in there with the young players and he's like, well, he saw it with Harris and uh, he's, he's sticking up for his teammates. And uh, he's, he's, even when he was injured, he was, he was the guy that was organizing all these get togethers and little trips and all that. And I, and I think that you need a player like that and for him to step up and, and get into Uyghur's face in Uyghur's defense, he didn't, push him from behind he didn't do anything like that no 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 he did make some contact with him but it was more or less that evans fell the way that he fell the way that he did going at top speed going it it doesn't take much to throw right going very quick he did make contact with the net that spun him a little bit and he didn't obviously he hit the boards in very uh a very high rate of speed I don't think but, anyone was upset about that part of it. I think no, it was just it was the definitely it was definitely the response, and uh, you know, good on Edmondson for stepping. I agree. I, I I agree with you, Matt. I think he's making a strong case, but I also think Suzuki's going to get to see uh, yeah. Suzuki's yeah. the guy. Eight years going forward, he's going to be the guy. So, but uh, Edmondson's going to be a key player in that leadership cadre to help. Yes. He's definitely going to have an A next year on on the sweater and he deserves it. Cause I I agree. He stepped up and he's really taken a a huge leadership role in that dressing room. And he is the veteran. He is the big veteran. He's a Stanley cup winner. He's a, he's a, you know, him and Jake Allen. Um, And he's like, you know, he's taking the young guys. He took Harris out for sushi with Dvorak and uh, you know, he's just doing what he's supposed to do as a veteran in the room and it's you know i mean you can't make everyone captain so you pick the the face of the franchise and that's who you or the future face of the franchise and that's who you go with so it's definitely going to be josh anderson <laughs> oh you you mean the prettiest face in the franchise okay well shiraka traded so it's josh anderson now josh anderson I it guess. can't be you because you're not on the team it's true it can't be matt yeah Matt's the face, you're the body. Yeah. Put us together and unstoppable. Then you got me. Ladies. <laughs> no, maybe Matt. Maybe, maybe, maybe Blaine, you're like, you're like the anti-us. Yeah. Maybe, 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 I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll go on the Treg Wilson uh, workout uh, regiment while I'm overseas and I'll come back and... Uh, I don't know. I won't have to use it. I won't have to use as much from... <laughs> 
he doesn't have as much to lose because he's he's basically a garden gnome. You got your you're, you're stretched out, right? You got yeah. a lot more to do. That's I'm true. like I'm like a small running back. <laughs> <laughs> Just square. <laughs> but only but only like five and a half feet high. Five foot eight to be honest. Be exact, but there's a reason why he's called, size. There's a reason why they call you Papa Smurf at work. They don't even not, call me that. I'm disappointed. Yeah. They will now. Well, I'm never at work, so. <laughs> Fair point. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for our show. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening and keep sending in your suggestions and requests and questions and uh, interacting with us on social media. Some of you are chirping us and some of you are, are just playing along. Keep that up. We love that. It shows an engagement. We like that. Uh, be sure to check out all the other podcasts out there. I mean, we're not competing with anyone. So if you want to listen to other people, listen to them. There's some great podcasts out there. But, you know, make sure you come back to us. That, 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 that's all. That's all we ask. But uh, thank you for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.